And so talking about faith, I, I want to ask you uh, this question today. We're going to really kind of dive into a different aspect and get a better understanding of you know, how faith works in a way. But um, why is faith so important? When we talk about faith, I'm willing to spend a couple weeks having a series where we're talking about faith. Why am I, why am I wanting to spend this time talking about something that, that really, for the most part, is a very uh, almost seemingly elementary or general topic of discussion? Well, the reason why this is so important is because in Hebrews eleven six it says, And without faith it is impossible to please him. For he, he who comes to God must believe that he is, and that he is a reward of those who seek him. So scripture right here in the writer of Hebrews tells us that it's impossible to please God without faith. So it doesn't matter what you're doing. Okay, You can come to church, and if you're not doing it in faith, it's not pleasing to God. You can fast and pray every day, and if you're not doing it in faith, it's not pleasing to God. Okay? You can give money in the offering every Sunday that you come here, and if you're not doing it in faith, it's not pleasing to God. All the Pharisees, all of the Pharisees and Sadducees, they had all of that stuff down to the T. They knew how to go to church. They knew how to fast. They knew how to pray. They knew how to give money. They knew all the things about the Bible. They, they did all the right things. And yet, for whatever reason, Jesus called them a brood of vipers and hypocrites. That's because doing religious things is not really good enough. And that's the reason why the Bible says that when we do it, we have to do it with this thing that's called faith. That if we're going to live our life and operate the way that we operate, we need to have faith in the things that we do. We need to have faith behind the things that we do. And so when we're talking about faith, I think it's a really good idea that we understand exactly what faith is if that's the only way that we're going to please God. Amen? I mean, you could talk to me if you want. I don't care. I'm not scared. I promise. I know that all of you, you don't want to, but you, you can. Just shout me down every now and then. Okay, never mind. <laughs> that was really loud. It's like whenever I lean my head down, I breathe right into my microphone. Um, so, um, it, it, we're going to understand faith. We've got to understand the mechanics of how it works. You know, if you're driving a car down the road, and all of a sudden the car stops, um, it stops working, it, isn't it better to be someone who understands how that car works? You know, if you're going to get stranded on the side of the road and the car breaks down, isn't it? I mean, you know, if you're me, I'm like, I have no idea. You know, you just pull out a hammer and start hitting stuff. And you just kind of hope that uh, you hope that somehow that fixes things. But it would be better if I understood how the car works, because then I may have a, a slight chance to be able to fix what's going on. OK, and, and, and get it get it going again. It's the same with faith. Uh, we have to have uh, we have to. We have to build a capacity for, 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 uh, for faith. We have to understand the mechanics and how it works. It's not just good enough to say, oh, yeah, well, faith is good and we all got to have faith. We have to understand the mechanics so that at some point in our life when, it, when faith breaks down or something isn't, isn't working right or the, our theology is not lining up with our experience, then there's a disconnect somewhere. And then we've got to know what we have to do to fix that problem and to fix that disconnect. And, and that's, you know, always really important. You know, if I was in the woods and a bear came and tried to eat me, all right, um, and, and I tried to pull the trigger to shoot the bear, but I didn't have a gun in my hand, then I would die. 
Okay? I know that that seems obvious. All right? um, if I had a gun in my hand and the bear was attacking me and I didn't pull the trigger, I would still die. Okay? Because it's not about having either of them, but it's about having both of them. It's knowing how to utilize both of them in the situation that you need to be able to operate in the faith that God wants us to have. All right? So we have to build a capacity for faith. Um, I want us to turn in Mark chapter 11. We're going to look there uh, for a, a little bit of, for um, a good bit. Mark chapter 11, starting in verse uh, verse. Verse 12, we're going to see in a little interaction with Jesus and something that's going on. We can learn a lot of information. As a matter of fact, we'll get later on into Mark chapter 11, verse 23 and 24, which to me are my favorite verses in the Bible. Um, but we're going to kind of move here, Mark 11. 20. And so Jesus here is with his disciples and it says on the next day when they had left Bethany, he became hungry. Seeing at a distance a fig tree and leaf, he went uh, to see if it perhaps he could find anything on it. And when he came to it, he found nothing but leaves, for it was not the season for figs. And he said to it, may no one ever eat fruit from you again. And his disciples were listening. I think this is funny, actually, uh, quite humorous that Jesus, <laughs> he walks up to a fig tree that's not really even supposed to be producing figs. Or that, I think, and, he, and so he actually says, I don't know, I don't know, maybe if he just knew the, the greater scheme that he was about to teach his disciples a lesson, or if he was just kind of frustrated because he was so hungry. Gosh, may you never produce fruit again, stupid tree. You know, I don't know, that probably wasn't Jesus, okay? He probably was much calmer than that and cool and, and patient, right? I mean, he had to be. He was Jesus. Um, but I still think it's funny that he points out this tree and he, he tells it. May, now, we know just based upon reading the entire story here that when Jesus said that all the kind of disciples, it says the disciples were listening and kind of like, okay, you know, they kind of walked away from that, maybe the scratch in their head a little bit. And, because nothing really happened in that particular moment. Nothing happened. He said, may, may nobody ever eat from you again. And, and so nothing significant happened in that moment where Jesus said what he said. You know, the, the, the tree didn't fall over dead or nothing happened in, in that particular time. They kind of went on their way. Uh, and um, they, they kind of went on and they began to, Jesus started teaching and he you know, created a, another issue with the Pharisees where they were wanting to kill him. And then, uh, you know, uh, something ended up changing. And so we, we can skip over to verse 19. And it says, when evening came, they would go out of the city, basically because there was a lot of people mad at him and trying to kill him. And as they were passing by in the morning, they saw the fig tree. The fig tree, there it was, the one that Jesus spoke to. They saw the fig tree withered from its roots up. Being reminded, Peter said to him, Rabbi, look, the fig tree which you cursed has withered. Now, one of the things that we need to see right here is um, this happened over a period of time. At least a day. If not, you know, maybe longer. We don't really know exactly how long that Jesus was in the particular place where he was teaching and he kind of stirred up a ruckus. We don't really know how long, but we know that the fig tree didn't wither in that moment because when they passed by again, Peter saw the tree and remembered what Jesus said to the tree and was kind of like floored and blown away. Like, hey, Jesus, that's the tree, man. That you said, may nobody ever eat from again. It had withered and died from the root up. 
Okay? There was a period of time. And Jesus answered, saying to them, uh, have faith in God. And that word right there, this particular phrase when Jesus says, have faith in God, literally means this. Have God's faith. Not have faith in God in an expression like that. It's probably a mistranslation, the way the Hebrew words are kind of lined up. It really means, it really should be read, have God's faith. Have God's faith. And then he goes on to explain what that looks like. So let's look real quick. Mark chapter 11, verse 23 and 24. Truly I say to you, whoever says to this mountain, be taken up and cast into the sea... And does not doubt in his heart, but believe that what he says is going to happen, it will be granted to him. Therefore, I say to you, all things for which you pray and ask, believe that you have received them, and they will be granted to them, be granted to you. See, you remember we were talking about being in the, in the woods with the bear, and you've got to have the capacity and the trigger. So it's not good enough for you to pull the trigger if you don't have the gun, and it's not good enough if you have the gun and don't pull the trigger. Okay? You've got to have both, and you've got to do both to save yourself in that particular moment. So you need to have the capacity okay, for faith, and you also need to understand what the trigger for faith is as well. Okay? The p- capacity and, and the trigger. Now here it is. The capacity is what you believe. Okay? The capacity is your understanding about what the Bible says about faith and what you believe. And the trigger is what you say. Okay? The capacity is what you believe. The trigger is what you say. Okay? The capacity is what you believe. The trigger is what you say. So Jesus said that you will receive whatever uh, you say, not whatever you believe. Did you get that? Jesus said you will receive whatever you say, whatever you ask for in prayer, not whatever you believe. Okay? The trigger is what you say. It's one of the most important elements and the most important parts of faith. Now, I want to get into this just and, and just kind of cover something real quick. I'm not, please don't misunderstand what I'm saying this morning. This isn't a name it, claim it type gospel. If you just, you just claim it and you just go and, and whatever you want, okay? Now, we understand, okay, that the, what, what we're really talking about here is we're talking about the will of God. We understand other scripture says that if you remain in me and my words remain in in you, whatever you ask for in prayer, I will give it to you. Okay, so that, you know, the father may have the glory. So it's not just like that you can just go around and just start popping off stuff in prayer. And somehow God is some heavenly venue machine that you can just go cha-ching and there's your nice Ferrari. There's your whatever. Okay, because because you that's what you want from a selfish motivation. James even tells us that that oftentimes we don't receive answers to prayer because we pray with selfish motivation. Okay? So we have to understand that what we're talking about here is that in, in, in other scriptures saying when it comes to what God's will is. Now, how do we know what God's will is? By reading his word. Okay? By reading his word, his word will actually tell us what his will is. So when it comes to his will, we understand certain things. When it comes to the promises of God, we understand certain things. And those are the things that we can take to the bank. 
right? And so when God's will and his promises don't line up with our experience, that's when our faith should be activated to begin to believe and to confess the word of God in our life so that our life will line up to the promises and will of God according to the word of God. All right. Hopefully this isn't too much for you. Are you following me? Yes? No? Okay. Just want to make sure. Just want to make sure, right? All right. Jesus said that you will have whatever you say, not whatever you believe. So if you believe it, you will say it. You know the expression, out of the abundance of the heart. It's not really expression. The Bible says, out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. You know, what's in the well is going to come up in a bucket. Okay, that kind of thing. All right. If you believe it, if you really believe it, then you're going to say it. All right. If you really believe it, you're going to say it. I don't, you know, you know I, I think I believe this with all my heart. And you, you hear people say this. I didn't, I, you know, they say, I didn't mean to say that. No, yeah, you did. Okay, you feel bad about what you say at this particular point because you said the wrong thing. But we don't say things without them going through our minds first. Now, you may be terrible at filtering what goes through your mind and comes out of your mouth. But I promise you it goes through your mind before it comes out of your mouth. We don't say things that we don't mean. Now, sometimes when they come out, they sound worse than what they, we, you know, they sounded in our head. And we wish we could take those things back. But the truth is, is that things don't come out of our mouth unless they come out of our mouth intentionally. And the reason why they come out of our mouth is because they're in our heart. They're a part of our spirit. Okay. Out of the abundance of the heart. Now, we know that the heart is not, when the Bible talks about the heart it's not talking about an organ so it's not like out of the abundance of the lungs the mouth speaks okay it's not the abundance of the kidneys the mouth speaks it's the, the the heart of man is the spirit of man all right so out of the, it's in your spirit out of the abundance of your spirit the core of who you are the mouth speaks and so when we say things we're actually speaking from the, from our heart uh, from our spirit and so when we confess things and we say things like def- uh, from a defeating standpoint like man i'll just i'll never make it i'm no good for anything i, I don't have any talents i don't have any abilities i don't know what to do i'm, I'm just i'm never gonna give up get above this problem i'm never gonna i'm never gonna rise above these circumstances we say these kinds of things listen you are confessing in your life defeat and failure and the dominion of satan in your life because that's not what the bible says about you okay The Bible says that you can do all things through Christ who gives you strength. The Bible says that you are more than conquerors. Okay, the Bible says that he has given you everything you need to live a life of godliness. Okay, so when our, our confession is confession of defeat and failure and you can't do it, I'll never make it, I'll never see victory. Okay, all of that is you are confessing failure in your life and you're speaking from your heart that in your spirit you really believe. It doesn't matter what you believe the Bible says. In your spirit you really believe that you will never rise above your circumstances. Okay, so because if you really believed it, you would say it. You would say it. You know, we've been conditioned to believe that our words don't really matter a whole lot. Really, uh, uh, we just we we have it. Maybe it's a society thing. I don't really know. But we we have, you know, we 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 know the, the, the phrases, you know, sticks and stones will break my bones, but words will never hurt me. As if somehow words don't re- mean a whole lot. Um, you know that God's power, God's power 
in, in the creation of the world was released by what He said. You realize that, right? When God created the world, it said, and God said, let there be light. And there was light. It wasn't by what God did with His hands, it's what God did with His mouth. It's what He said. And God said, and He created these things by the words of His mouth. And so you may say, well, that's, that's great for God, right? But what about me? Well, you remember Jesus said, have God's faith. Have God's faith. You see, God's faith speaks. That's how it works. Um, in that scripture that we just got in reading in, in Mark chapter 11, verses 23 and 24. If you read those passages, you, you will find that Jesus talks more about speaking than he does about believing. Okay? He, actually, three times more he talks about what you say with your mouth than what you believe in your heart. Three times more. Okay? Now, we, we generally don't have the believing part wrong. It's like, well, I believe, I believe, I believe. It's the saying part that we have a problem with. And I've made this illustrations many times before. You know, put yourself in this position for a second, okay? I mean, all of us in here would probably raise our hand that we would all believe, we believe that God could take them, that God can, not that he would at this particular moment, that God can take a mountain, pick it up, and throw it in the sea. I believe God can do it. Now, Okay, we all believe it. Now, how many of you, though, would be willing, in, uh, in the middle of everybody sitting in here, would be willing to say it with your mouth, Mountain, go be thrown into the sea. We'd all be like, Somebody else want to do that? Right? Because we say, if I say it and nothing happens, I'm going to look kind of crazy. Right? I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to look kind of weird, kind of strange. Everybody's going to be like, okay, you, know, you got a lot of faith, right? I mean, let's, let's be honest. The mind games that we play, I mean, it's putting ourselves out on the line, okay? So the circumstances and things that we're dealing with in our life, we don't have a problem believing God can make those things better. But when it comes to saying it, that's where we miss it. Because like, well, if I say it and nothing happens, then... What if nothing happens? Look, I got the same thing that I deal with. You know, when I, I, I believe this, and, and I've said this, I believe the more sick people I pray for, the more people are going to get healed. But you know the thing that runs through your mind? What if I pray for somebody and they don't get healed? Right? Well, for me, it's like, well, that's not really, that doesn't fall on me to a degree. That falls on God because God's the healer. I'm not the healer. Right? I, 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 don't, I don't have healing in my body. I, it all comes through God. God is our healer. He's the one that does those kinds of things. All right? But what we have to understand is how important it is to say what we believe. All right? And so we, we usually have it backwards. We want to believe and not say. And, and so we, think, we usually think it's more important to believe than it is to speak. You know, if we did a survey all right, in our community about this, I guarantee that most people would say that believing is the most important thing when it comes to faith. But in reality, it's not. Romans 10, 9 and 10 says this. If you confess with your mouth Jesus is Lord and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. For it is with your heart 
a person, for, for with the heart a person believes, resulting in righteousness, and with the mouth he confesses, resulting in salvation. Both of these verses mention saying with the mouth and believing in the heart. Okay? Both of these verses talk about believing in the heart and saying with the mouth. And I don't know if you caught this or not, but it says that with the mouth that you confess and are saved. Did you know it's the confession of your mouth that produces salvation, not the believing in your heart? The confession of your mouth produces salvation. You know, there's another scripture. uh, I don't have the reference off the top of my head. It's in Psalms, I believe, or maybe Proverbs. It says, the power of life and death are in the tongue. The power of life and death are in the tongue. The things that we say with our mouths. How important that is. James spends an entire time talking about um, the, the restless evil that the tongue can have over somebody's life and somebody's circumstances. Um, G, uh, I think uh, Jesus even said that we will, we will give an account for every idle word we speak. How many times throughout the scripture where the Bible talks about the things that we say with our mouth? If we even looked at this last week with the woman with, woman with the issue of blood, okay, that she heard about Jesus. In other words, she heard the word of God. Okay, she knew, she believed that Jesus could heal her. And then she said to herself, if I can just touch his garment, I will be made whole. Okay, so she heard the word of God, she believed, and then she said, and then she did. And those things were the things that resulted in her, uh, the miracle in her particular life. Okay, um, there's a passage in 2 Kings chapter, uh, chapter 5. I want to read a couple of things here just to kind of illustrate a point. And I think that a lot of us uh, fit right in with what's going on here. There's this guy named Naaman, who's kind of a, a popular guy. He's a well-off guy. He's uh, rich and everything. And, and he, he, he becomes a, a leper, contracts you know, leprosy. And he goes to Elisha so that Elisha will heal him. All right? And so he kind of comes to Elisha, and this is kind of what happens. So Elisha sent a messenger to him saying, Go and wash in the Jordan seven times, and your flesh will be restored to you, and you will be clean. This right here is the word of God to Naaman, okay? God has given him instruction on something to do. This is the word of God to him, all right? And this is how he responds. But Naaman was furious and went away and said, Behold, I thought he would surely come out to me and stand and call on the name of the Lord his God and wave his hand over the place and cure the leper, right? Don't we have our perceptions and how we think God is going to work, right? And this is him. I thought surely that the man of God would come and he would lay his hands on me and immediately God would bring the miracle in my life. And what is this that he's telling me to do? Go wash in a river somewhere down by the bank? I mean, this is just craziness. He said, are not uh, uh, Abana and Farpar, the rivers of Damascus, Damascus better than the waters of Israel? Could I, could I not wash in them and be clean? So he turned and went away in a rage. And then a servant, okay, so it's, you know, him, him trying to tell God how God has to do what he does. All right, we, we do the same thing. Let's, let's don't be too judgmental of Naaman, 
right? We pray and we think that God should answer our prayer in the way that we want him to answer our prayer, all right? God, you know, we ask him for an open door. We ask him to do something and something happens. We're like, oh, that's not, that's not really what I had in mind. But, you know, we need people in our lives, okay, to help talk some sense in us. And hopefully you got some people in your life. But anyways, it says, then his servant came near and spoke to him. My father, uh, had the prophet told you to do some great thing, would you not have done it? How much more then when he says to you, wash and be clean? So he, he went down and dipped himself seven times in the Jordan, according to the word of the man of God. And his flesh was restored like the flesh of a little child, and he was clean. All right. So, um, you know, obviously we can read this story and you can gather some information here that Naaman didn't really feel like doing what the word of God, the word of God to him told him to do. God's word to him was to go wash seven times in the Jordan. And he didn't really, he didn't really want to do that. He didn't feel like doing that. Uh, he wasn't excited about doing that. But doing God's word works whether you feel like it or whether you don't, okay, feelings, okay, your feelings, the way you feel, play very little part in your faith. The way you feel doesn't matter where it is, okay, whether you're worshiping in church, whether you're coming to church, whether you're out there in the world, whether you're praying, whether you're giving, what you feel in that particular moment, okay, has very little to do with your faith. Okay? If, if not if any at all. And sometimes, you know, we want, to, we want to have the feeling before we have the faith. And that is getting the cart before the horse. Okay? Faith is the substance of things hoped for in the evidence of things not seen. Okay? The evidence of things not felt. The evidence of things not heard. That is what faith is. Faith comes before the feeling comes. And if you wait for the feeling, then that's not faith. It has very little to do with your faith. And, and so we have to understand that. Okay? The, Jesus said, if you have the faith of a mustard seed. Okay? If you have the faith of a mustard seed. Now, what do you do with a seed? You, you plant it under the ground and you can't see what it's doing. You cannot see what a, what a seed is doing when it is planted under the ground. But if you don't plant that seed under the ground and you keep it to where you can see it, okay, that seed will not produce fruit. It will not grow. It'll eventually die. Okay. Faith has to be something that you do and that you can't see the evidence of what you're doing. And if you go back to when Jesus said to that fig tree, he said, may nobody ever eat fruit from you again. Okay. Nothing happened in that particular moment when he spoke that word. And he spoke that word in faith. And sometimes we have this idea that faith, if we have faith, it's going to happen now. If we have faith, it's going to happen right here in this moment. That if I really have faith, it's going to happen right now. And sometimes that's not what faith does. It's not, a, it's not a, 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 some kind of formula that if you get it right, all of a sudden your answer is just going to go boom right then, right when you want it. Now, faith is something that we have to believe and we believe even when we don't see the evidence, even when we don't have the answer, you believe and you stand on God's word and you stand on his word and you confess what the word of God says over and over and over again until it comes into fruition. You know, somebody, I, I remember 
Um, uh, <clears throat> Kenneth Hagin, I, I believe, he said that faith, faith is reaching into the unseen realm of hope and bringing it into the realm of reality. It's reaching out into the unseen realm of hope and grabbing a hold of that thing that you can't see and that you can't feel and, and, and you have no idea where it's coming from, but you're reaching out into something you can't see and it's pulling it in to the realm of reality in your life. That's what, what faith does. Uh, Rob, if you'll come. In Matthew chapter 8, verse 5, we're going to wrap this up here. Jesus has a, a, a conversation with a, uh, with a guy that I think is pretty significant. And we see some of the principles that we're talking about today and how important this is. But in Matthew chapter 8, verse 5, it says, When Jesus entered Capernaum, a centurion came to him, imploring him, and saying, Lord, my servant is laying paralyzed at home, fearfully tormented. And Jesus said to him, I will come and heal him. But the centurion said, Lord, I am not worthy for you to come under my roof, but just say the word, and my servant will be healed. For I am, for I also am a man under authority with soldiers under me, and I say to this one, go, and he goes, and to another, come, and he comes, and to my slave, do this, and he does it. Now when Jesus heard this, he marveled. He, now, what does it take to get Jesus to marvel what does it take to get Jesus to be dude that's that's where Jesus is like dang man this guy he gets it what this guy just said Jesus is saying this guy gets it now Jesus heard this, he marveled, and he said to those who were following, he turns to his disciples. <laughs> All his disciples were standing there, and he says, Truly I say to you, I have not found such great faith with anyone in Israel. I don't know how the disciples took that. It's like, what about me, man? I got faith, man. You know what I mean? What are you talking about, right? I mean, <clears throat> so the centurion, he understood how faith works. You have to have the capacity and the trigger. Okay? He understood. He paid attention to how things work. Okay? He knows that the whole Roman army operates by words. The whole Roman army operates by words. He said, I tell this one to come. I tell this one to go. And they do what I say out of my mouth. And I tell my servants and the people that work for me, you go do this. You come do this and they do what I say out of my mouth. It's not enough for me to know what I want them to do in my mind or in my heart. If it doesn't come out of my mouth, it'll never happen. He understood the process by which those things work. So he's saying, listen, that I see you, Jesus. I understand you, Jesus, and how you are reporting to God. And you're doing everything that God is telling you to do. And that when you speak, all of the stuff around you obeys you. That when you say stuff and you speak and you do stuff, I see that these things around you, you are a commander over spiritual things. 
You see, all the people in Israel, they liked the demonstrations. They liked the spectacular things. But they didn't understand the power of the spoken word. Of the spoken word. They didn't understand it. And how significant it is in our particular life. Okay? They don't understand it. And how valuable it is to us to understand how important it is for us to say what we believe. To say what we believe. That we're saying the right thing. You can go ahead and stand to your feet today. So, let me ask you this. What are you saying? What are you saying? That maybe, maybe you're saying the wrong thing. Maybe you're not saying anything at all. Either way, okay, either way that has a negative effect on your faith. Because it's not enough just to believe. You've got to have the capacity and the trigger to believe in your heart and to confess with your mouth. To believe in your heart and confess with your mouth. And some of us in here, what we need to do is we need to change the way we talk. Okay? We need to start talking the way God talks. We need to start talking about our circumstances, our situations, our finances, our physical well-being. Okay? The way God talks about them. Not the way that we feel in the moment. Not about what our circumstances say. Okay? We need to talk the way God says, what God says about our circumstances. And we talk that way, despite what our circumstances say. All right? We need to talk about it when it comes to our relationships and our children and our marriages and all those kinds of things. Instead of speaking negative words and negative things over, over these things in our life and talking about how you'll never overcome and you'll never get there and, 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 and you'll never reach the purpose or the calling and the destiny that God has for you, begin to speak the word of God over your life and, and, and stand in faith, stand in belief. That's what faith is. It's believing with the heart, knowing what God's word has to say for your life, and then confessing it with your mouth, allowing it to come out of your mouth okay, and to be something that is spoken into existence. Have God's word for you and stand upon it and confess it and speak it over your life. Come on, will you bow your heads and close your eyes? Now, I know, I know that there are, there are times in our lives where we struggle. There are times in our lives where we have great difficulty. And the Bible says that the testing of our faith produces perseverance. And perseverance must finish or have its work or have its way so that we will be complete, not lacking anything. But we also know that the scripture says um, that I have plans for you. God has plans to prosper and not to harm you. Plans to give you a hope and a future. And while we may go through temporary challenges and difficulties through our life because 
Uh, scripture also says it rains on the just and the unjust. We have to know that God's ultimate desire and ultimate plan for every person here, okay, is that he wants you to be blessed and he wants to give you a great future and a great hope that you can hang on to and that you can walk with. And we have to make sure that our words and the things that we believe and the, and, and, and the way that we believe about the course of our life and where we go and that it lines up with the things that we say the things that we speak out of our mouths. And God wants to maybe retool your life and the things that you do. Because there's some things in your life that you need to make sure that you have the gun. You just need to learn how to pull the trigger. You got to learn how to pull the trigger to activate that faith in your life.